Bethesda ain't shit. Welcome to Nerd Nebula episode four. How are you, Jacob? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I'm slowly coming back to reality after having a weekend almost entirely absorbed in Red Dead Redemption and Civilization VI, because why not? Oh, Civ VI. Great fun. Great game. I played a lot of Civ V when it first came out, like, I don't know, years and years ago now. Same. And then I never got the one where they went to space. Uh, Beyond Earth, yeah. Just mostly because it felt like a bit of a gimmick, but I heard good things about Six, although I haven't bought it. Six is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. They've changed up a lot of the different uh, mechanics, so there's not so much... You're not based on happiness, it's now loyalty, and doing different things builds loyalty in your city. And it's a, it's a bit more fine-tuned than the happiness system of Five, which I found very tedious and very annoying. Well, Civ Six being a great game aside... Great game. Let's talk about something that has been... Um, let's just say it's been pissing me off for the past two weeks or so. Yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> The entire internet probably already knows what it is. Yep. Fallout 76. Oh boy. Jesus fucking Christ. Where to start with this train wreck? They're not having a good time at the moment. Uh, They definitely needed another six months of making the game before they released it. From everything I've seen, they have been entirely underprepared for actually releasing the game. I fully think this was like the investors wanting a new product out onto the market so that they get more money while they wait for the next generation of consoles and Starfield and um, Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell that it was pushed out for the sake of money with the way Bethesda and Todd Howard talked about the game at E3, or should I say lied about the game. I don't think they were lying as much as they were trying to convince themselves that it was going to be this revolutionary thing when it wasn't even as polished as Elder Scrolls Online, which isn't all that polished itself. Yeah, I played a bit of Elder Scrolls Online and um, same, and I've seen Fallout 76 videos, like playthroughs and all that, and just from what I've seen, Elder Scrolls Online is a much better put-together game than this. They also had a lot more time to work on it. it. It had been on the back burners and hidden away for so long. And then with Fallout 76, they seemed to think they had everything put together nicely, and it just didn't come together at the end. It almost feels like that team that did well in practice, and then as soon as they get on the on the field on game day, it just fell to pieces, and they did not work together well. And it almost feels like every element of Fallout 76 is doing that, and it's not cohesive as a game. Yeah, were a lot of things promised, and a lot of things talked up about the game, that with the months and weeks before release, people were thinking that they were going to get something different than what they got. For example, when the E3 event started, Todd Howard came out and was all cocky about Skyrim and all that, and uh, pretty much guaranteed the audience that Fallout 76 was going to use a new rendering and lighting system. In his words, 16 times the level of detail of Fallout 4. 
And honestly, that is a straight up lie. The game is an asset flip of Fallout 4, and yet it somehow looks worse than Fallout 4. And that game was dated when it came out in 2015. I am going to say no on Fallout 4 being dated when it came out. It was great for being such a big, big game. And let's be honest, the Fallout series has never had the most insane graphics. Like, they were never groundbreaking graphics. They paid attention more to the stories and the interactions with the environment. And that's one thing that I think they could have done a little bit more of in 76. They could have added in more NPCs. And I, f- I have a feeling, like, my theory is that they're going to add these in in updates as they go along with the game. But I don't think they should have released it without more content. They throw you into the game and then just leave you to do what you want. And I don't think for the Fallout series itself has ever been like that. It needs that little bit of direction to push you into certain areas and give you a reason to explore, not just go walk around the wastelands with your buddies. To be fair, the game has NPCs, but they're all all either a robot or a fucking computer. Like, there's no human NPCs. There's no... Yeah, there's there's no no human element. You're not interacting with other survivors other than people fighting. Todd Howard also said that every other human you're going to meet in the game is a player and they, they can have different roles. Like one can be a merchant or another one can be a hunter and they can play out a Fallout game. But the thing is, players don't act that way. Players are no. fucking assholes. They will try to kill you and then just do a fucking Fortnite dance over your body and then boot you into the fucking bush. Like, no one's going to act out a Fallout game. I feel like that was a pipe dream that somehow Todd Howard thought that players would actually play nice with each other in an online game. Yes and no. Like, you're definitely going to get the people that are just going to, you know, muck around and they're just there to kill other people and then have a laugh and carry on. But there are definitely going to be people out there that prefer the more role-playing experience. I want... Fallout 76 to find that community and to find the people that actually give a shit about playing the game because it, it like if there was bigger servers and they could all do that on the server it'd be great there'd actually be a loyal fan base but I think with it only being like what is 24 people on a server you need way more than that and I think that's see- definitely one of the drawbacks of 76 is the fact that yeah. You might meet some people, but it's going to be 20 minutes until you see the next person, and then they're probably just going to shoot you, because it's going to be the first person they've seen on the server yet. The size of the map is four times that of Fallout 4, and with only 24 players, like you said, the chances of you meeting another player in like, I don't know, two, three hours, or however long you plan on playing the game are extremely low. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of the Fallout experience is definitely like, you know, walking for ages and then you find something and it's it's so rare that it's it's a precious commodity. So you kill it and hunt it and wear its skin as armor or something. I don't know. But I think only having other players makes it a bit hard. It's, it's trying to go for that sort of rust feel. But exactly. there's not 
I don't think it pulled it off as well as it wanted to. Definitely not. But it has has the potential to be something great, but it needs a lot of fixing. We were promised a genuine Bethesda experience when the game was shown to the public at E3, right? But this is just a skeleton of a game in the uh, state that it is now. Yeah, yeah. There's barely a game there. like, And the game that is, it's a broken, buggy mess. I've seen videos where enemies take the standard T-pose animation and just continue attacking you like normal, like they're scripted to. The game is unpolished, buggy, it's unfinished in some areas, and yet this was pushed out as a full retail release, $60 in the estates, $120 here. I don't see how anyone on that team thought that this was a good idea. I really don't see how. How do I put this? I I definitely don't think it's worth the money that they were charging upon release. But at the same time, they probably needed to charge that much to get enough money back to pay for everything that they've done so far. And I think they almost probably released it this early so that they can test exactly what people want and i don't think that's the way you want to release a blimmin online game you want to release a decent product and then tailor any updates you don't want to do something half-assed and then you know it's almost like they released a beta version (laughs) as the full game that's exactly what i was gonna say the thing is, like, with big games like this, you have a beta to test it out. But the thing is, with how the beta worked for this game, is that it came as a pre-order bonus. So only the people who pre-ordered it got a chance to test out the beta, and that was yeah. for two weeks before launch. And even then, the beta was live at very specific times of the day. And most of those times were when people were at work or when they were sleeping. So almost no one got a chance to test out the fucking game. Yeah, they, they definitely didn't handle the beta very well. And then two or three days after the game was fully released and it was in a, such an unplayable mess that they um, actually made a patch that was larger than the game itself it was 50 gigs and that patch barely fixed anything it was still a broken buggy mess how do you release a patch that big and you fix almost nothing yeah it definitely i don't know i think i i'm still standing by the thing where they i think they are trying to find their feet and just struggling a lot because i mean a lot of the team that's done this aren't used to working on this style of game i imagine a lot of them will be coming from the Fallout, like the other Fallout stuff, and are trying to replicate games that they've seen work, and they're almost taking the wrong parts of some games, or not taking the magic that held all these parts together. You said that they came from previous Fallout games, but the thing is, they didn't come from another Fallout game. The team that made this was the team that worked on the Doom 2016 multiplayer. Yeah. Todd Howard, again, (laughs) lied at E3, said that this was the biggest undertaking by fucking Bethesda to this date, and yet they put the fucking C team on it? Like a team who uh, never made a big, sprawling online game. They just gave them this big project, the biggest undertaking in the history of the company. You, You just give it to the C team? I don't know, that just sounds like effort to you? Because to me, it just sounds like a quick cash grab. 
I don't know. I don't think that's the case. But I'm still holding out hope that they will rectify a lot of the issues that they're having. I definitely think this should have been the beta release, not the main release. I definitely think that they should have tested it a lot more and expected a lot more server demand. Because, I mean, that's one of the reasons it'll be glitching so much whenever you're on. It's because it can't handle the 24 people on. It needs to be a lot smoother before they can charge the hundred and something dollars that they're charging here in New Zealand, especially. And on top of everything, they still have the goal to charge people for microtransactions within the game. Like, for example, blue paint for power armor is five dollars. Blue paint is five bucks. And that's five bucks US. I don't even want to think how much it costs here. Yeah, that'd be about eight dollars here. And that's, yeah, nah, nah. And this isn't the even the first time Bethesda has done something like this. With Fallout 4 and the special edition of Skyrim, they have a thing called the Creation Club where they had paid mods because Bethesda saw the influx of mods from the community and thought, hey, we can get in on this. So they pretty much copied mods that other people have done, but they've made them more shit. They put them up on the Creation Club and then had nerve to charge people two, three bucks Yeah, see, that's why I play PC games, so that I don't have to pay for mods. It's not a case of uh, PC versus consoles at this point. It's a discussion on Bethesda being a greedy-ass company. I've said this for quite a few years now. Every company is doing that these days. And it, like, yeah, I do not agree with it. It is shit. I fucking hate microtransactions in game. I hate pay-to-win. I hate all that sort of stuff. But everyone's doing it. And that's what's horrible. Everyone's doing that or there's loot boxes. Those are your options, pretty much. Either you have loot boxes or you can choose what to buy in a store. The point I'm trying to make with this is that people are quick to jump and crucify Ubisoft, EA, Take-Two, Gearbox, you know, for microtransactions and loot boxes. But for some reason, Bethesda gets a free pass. And that's something I've never understood. Yes, they make good and great games and you can lose yourself in them. But at fucking release, they're a buggy, broken mess. And then the community has to fix them for them. And then at the end of the day, they think, hey, you know what? Let's just do what our fans have been doing for years and pretty much fucking charge them. That to me is scummy and I don't understand why people have been giving Bethesda a free pass for all these years. I have to disagree with some of that. Yeah, they're doing some underhanded tactics, like taking other people's mods and selling them, that's that's shit. That's underhanded and shit. That's just greedy. But I have to disagree that all the games are broken when they come out. Most of the games, like 4 was a little bit buggy, yes. Every Fallout has been buggy. Every Skyrim in Elder Scrolls has been a little bit buggy, not broken. They've got their little quirks. Like, they've definitely had areas that were broken or had more issues than should have had. But I don't think they've just left it up to the community to fix. The community has gone above and beyond to enhance the games that they love. That's how I would put it. That's fair enough. I mean, we both clearly have very different opinions on the matter, but I've been pissed off with Bethesda for a while now just because of their antics and I'm not defending I'm not defending their their shitty actions. Like they've definitely got some stuff that I don't agree with. 
but I I don't think we should be so quick to throw them under the bus and just lump them in with EA. They, they, they try to do better by their fans. Unfortunately, especially with Fallout 76, they missed the mark so far. And I think that is why this may... I don't think it'll be the death of Bethesda, but I definitely think this may be the end of the Fallout franchise for a while. To be honest, now I'm really not looking forward to Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 after just seeing the piss-poor attempt they made with Fallout 76. I don't know. It's com- entirely different divisions that are working on it. Like, the people that... There's not going to be much crossover between the people that work on any of the Elder Scrolls or Starfield and the people that work on Fallout. There's not going to be much crossover at all. Yeah. So I don't think we should be judging a game that's had bare rumours at best, or like a teaser trailer, sorry, for Elder Scrolls Six. I don't know about Starfield. That's still up in the air. I mean, this is the same company who promised a certain thing in the Power Armor Edition, which is a canvas bag. Yeah, and the canvas when, bag. And when uh, customers of the Power Armor Edition got the package, they found that they didn't get a canvas bag. They got a shitty nylon bag instead. And when customers confronted them about it, like with the um, Bethesda support, they pretty much said, we are not planning on doing anything about it at this moment or ever. Everything about how Bethesda has handled this this Fallout 76 disaster by this point has just been one mistake after another. Yeah, I definitely think their PR team could have handled and the, like the the customer service team could have handled that a bit better. But at least if you got one of the canvas bags and you have an issue with it, you can just raise a ticket with them, a support ticket on their website, and you can get it replaced free of charge and they send you out the proper canvas bag that should have been in there in the first place but at the same time like if you're buying a 350 dollar like it was 350 dollars here it was 200 and something in america yeah if you're buying that for a canvas bag you're an idiot you buy it for the helmet because that helmet is fucking dope thing it's just a matter of principle on the side of yeah the no definitely definitely I'm, I'm not excusing the fact that they promised one thing and delivered another when people complained at first they put out a tweet saying we are aware that customers are unhappy with the bag that they got in the power armor edition and pretty much said provide proof of purchase of said power armor edition and they will be granted 500 atoms for in-game currency and that equals five bucks yeah that's that's just that was such a shitty move like like they should have given them like 50 dollars worth of credit at least yeah I mean, I understand that everything else in the box was up to a reasonable standard, but the fact that there was an issue with the day one release pre-order super duper edition in the first place, and it was one of the bigger things. If, you know, it was a sticker that faded after a week, no one would give a shit. No one would be complaining at all. But when it's one of the two bigger things that you get, and you were promised a sturdy canvas bag, pretty much, and you were given not much better than a plastic bag you get from the supermarket. That's just false advertising. I'm definitely glad I didn't buy one. I very nearly bought that $350 edition. 
Bethesda will either fix this or they won't. And to be honest, by this point, the word of mouth has been so bad that the game went on sale yeah. a week after it got released. Yeah, that's definitely not a good look. It definitely reflects how the sales were going. Like They would have predicted yeah. a couple and, of, a few million in the first the, day and they would have got half yeah. that probably. They will be the, getting the a thing fraction is, of the sales that they need to make this a viable game. Even if they somehow miraculously fix the game, how many players are actually going to come back? How many players have been burned by this game and just have either sold it or returned it, if they could actually return it? Like, how many people will continue playing the game? Yeah, I definitely think they're going to lose a lot of their player base from day one. I think it's going to be a little bit like No Man's Sky, where it's going to take them some time, but they'll find their feet and they'll release a game that's worth it. But unfortunately, a lot of people aren't going to give a shit by the time it actually gets back to them. By the time they get a decent, fixed, balanced edition of Fallout 76, so that it runs smoothly, it looks good, and it plays well. By the time that happens, so many people are going to have played, you know... 60 to 100 hours and then just gone off oh, fuck it i can't be bothered anymore this is just my opinion at this point but i think the game is done i think the game is doomed i'm very interested to see what happens but i definitely think it's very rocky for them it's not looking good i'll, I'll definitely say that much yeah well that's all i wanted to say about the whole fallout 76 debacle let's move on to things that we actually like oh let's move on to the happier note red dead redemption 2 the online beta has um, gone up yes i haven't had a chance to play it yet i'm really hoping i get to this coming weekend i've had a chance to play it at a friend's house and from what i can tell it's a lot more engaging and um, puts you right into the action kill players shoot players but it does have a bit of a story to it as well again this is just beta the full release i'm thinking it will have a lot more to it than just this because at the moment it's a bit bare bones so yeah but i thought the same thing about bloom and destiny when i played the beta for that like the original one played the beta for that thought hell yeah if this is only a fraction of the game this is gonna be awesome and then the yeah, actual exactly. game itself was about what the beta was and then they stripped it back and sold the bits that you could do in the beta they sold them as blooming dlc it was shit i'm really hoping they don't do stuff like that and like you know make it like a you have to pay for a map or something i'm really happy that there hasn't been anything left out of the single player experience for red dead redemption 2 yeah no that is an example of a game that's done right only bad thing i can say about the online aspect is that unfortunately it will include microtransactions yeah they're not up yet because it's still a beta but once it comes in its full release microtransactions will unfortunately be part of the experience because every online game at this point needs to go onto the live services bandwagon I, I can understand money. with with some of them because they need funds to keep the servers up and to keep the staff building patches to fix all the bugs that come with a big online game like that. Yeah, I can understand. But then again, even like a subscription fee or something, like a small subscription fee. I, I'm I'm happy for games to do that. Like that's where I think World of Warcraft did and like those style of games did right i don't like micro microtransactions to give you the edge like you know you yeah. can't be bothered putting in a little bit of a grind 
to get good at your character so you just buy their ultimate abilities or something. If it's just I mean, skins and stuff, then cool. Like, if someone wants to pay $10 to go and buy a blimmin' fancy bandana so that they can look a little bit different than everyone else, that's up to them. I'm sure as fuck not going to. With the whole thing about microtransactions helping, like, developers being paid, to that I have to say, this is fucking Rockstar. They print money. Like, uh, they damn near do, yeah. That's that's a good uh, point. Like, and I think like, what I was trying to get at with that is I can understand it for certain games. Like, not all games are definitely going to fall into that category. I think for certain games like Red Dead Redemption, it shouldn't... You're already paying a hundred and something dollars for the original game. How much of that is just lining the CEO's pockets and how much of that is actually going to the developers to cover the costs of everything? Yeah. Moving away from the online thing, where are you in the uh, game now? No, I can even tell you the percentage. I'm 37.4% complete. I'm in Rhodes, the town where you're playing as a sheriff's deputy sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you're pitting two ex-plantation owner families against each other. And, oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I lost my immersion a wee bit during those missions because, you know, you're talking to one person on one plantation and they're like, oh, yep, yep, yep. Like, this is the name you give them. And then you go back and see them again not even 30 minutes later like you finish the last mission and you run straight back to the other person and like you've just gone and stolen horses off these people and then they let you into the house and tell you to go and burn some tobacco fields for someone else like i lost my immersion in there a little bit like i I didn't find it believable that you could just walk in wearing the same clothes like i thought it would have made you wear a disguise or something at least yeah I think I'm just a bit over 30%, so I'm looking forward to all the um, hijinks that's going to happen. Oh, there's so many fun little missions around that time. I don't want to give my opinion until I fully finish the game, but that's probably going to take a long time. Yeah, it's such a massively in-depth game. Like, I spent a lot of time this weekend and over the last couple of weeks playing it, and I'm barely touching the surface. The main point of this episode was to talk about Fallout, because I've been holding it in for so long. Yeah. I wanted to get some excited words about Red Dead Redemption off my chest, though, I think. And then I, I want to commiserate one of my favorite shows that we talked about earlier in the in one of the earlier episodes. We talked about the possible future of this Netflix Marvel series. Yeah. That being Daredevil, now that it's just released, what, was it season three? Yeah. Yeah, it was season three they just released, and then uh, not long after that, Iron Fist and Luke Cage got cancelled within two, three days of each other, and we were sort of surmising about whether or not the other shows will stick around. And now the only one left is Jessica Jones, and I'm wondering how long that's got to go. There's actually two. It's Jessica Jones and The Punisher. Oh, that's right. The Punisher still exists. I completely forgot about that. The whole Daredevil cancellation thing really took me by surprise. I fully thought that out of all the shows, Daredevil was going to stick around. Yeah, I was 100% sure that if any two were going to stick around, it was going to be Daredevil and Jessica Jones. It's great to see a female lead character that isn't just a damsel in distress all the time. Everyone thought that the Marvel Netflix shows were going to move to the Disney Plus uh, service once it goes live. But apparently that's not the case. None of the Netflix Marvel shows are going to be moved 
anywhere. So uh, Luke Cage, oh. Iron Fist, Daredevil being cancelled. Yeah, no, they're gone for good. I really hope this means that they're going to try and do a Daredevil movie again and do it better than that fucking abomination with it was Ben Affleck. I think they should give Daredevil a bit of a rest now. Like, they've done three seasons. A movie wouldn't be able to encapsulate all of what season four could have been. And I think that would just leave a bad taste in people's mouths. I reckon done right and not a direct follow-up to the series. I think it would have to be completely separate to be able to work, but yeah. it could work. But to be honest, I'm more excited to hear more about spawn because todd mcfarlane i'm 98 percent sure that that's his name but i got it right you know it is todd mcfarlane todd mcfarlane the creator is also the executive producer and the director he has entire creative control he's got jamie fox coming in and acting as spawn i'm pretty sure i know jamie fox is involved and i know he's already said himself i'm not a, a big shot director Jamie Foxx has worked with some of the best names in the business. If he's got advice for me, I'm going to listen. And I think yeah. Jamie Foxx is going to have some good advice for this. He's played a few, like, you know, the gritty, mean characters. So he'll be able to help steer in the right direction, at least. I'm definitely looking forward to this project as well. But I was never a big fan of Spawn growing I up. I think. It. I think we've talked about this yeah, on we talked a about previous this on episode. Was episode one. Yeah. yeah, we'll definitely have to look out for that as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to top off this episode, I want to talk about something else that slightly ticked me off this week. I feel like this episode is the things that pissed me off episode. Go on. So Dragon Ball Super Broly is coming out in a month. Also, and um, yeah, I think it's just just after Christmas. For the most part, Toei has been very good with spoilers and you know trailers, not showing too much, just showing enough to get you hyped, right? Yep. Until this week, when they released another trailer, which was thirty seconds, and revealed probably the biggest fucking spoiler in the entire movie. Oh no! They revealed Gogeta. Oh no! They revealed Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta is in the movie and fighting Broly. And this is a trailer they put out. They spoiled Gogeta being in the fucking movie. That's not on. I'm still excited because now I know Gogeta is in the movie, but can you imagine how much of an impact that would have had to see it in the theater and it comes out of nowhere, boom, Gogeta. Oh, no. I'm just disappointed with this. I'm still going to go see the movie because I'm a big <laughs> Dragon Ball fan, but... See, I, I got lost after Dragon Ball Z finished. Like, I watched a little bit of GT, I'm not going to lie. I watched a lot of Dragon Ball, like the original. That was good fun. I watched, I'm pretty sure, all of Dragon Ball Z. And then they started adding in, like, Dragon Ball Super, or whatever this new one is. And it, I just yeah, can't get into it. It takes a while, but once you get to uh, the uh, Zamasu arc and the Tournament of Power arc, it is a great series to watch, especially the Tournament of Power. Again, it's not for everyone, so I can understand. I think me and my love for Dragon Ball just grew apart. It's It just doesn't hit the same spot anymore. Which is fair enough. I'm still a big fan and uh, I will continue yeah. to and like that is more franchise. than that is more than fair enough. Like it, it's a great franchise. It just doesn't hit the spots that I need hitting right now. But Jacob, I think we've reached the end of episode four. I think so. 
I think we got everything off our chest and yeah. we hopefully brought some stuff to light that our listeners can take away from yeah. this. I hope we learned yeah, it's something a, and we shared something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely been a, an episode more on the angry side of things. Definitely. But hopefully come episode five, we'll be in happier spirits that it's getting closer to Christmas. And hopefully I'll be over my uh, busy period at work so I can focus more on playing some games and spending time with friends. Until that time, I will say goodbye to you, Jacob. And I will say adieu to you. Peace out. Have a good one, guys. Hail Satan.